Hey, this is Fletch, and on this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, we wanted to dive into the topic of transparent parenting. And we wanted to ask that question, should we be completely honest with our kids about our own past when they ask those tough questions of us? So we invited marriage and family therapist Chris Oneth into the studio, and we asked him just what should we expect if we decide to do this with our kids? It will feel uncomfortable. There is space for an, um, there is space for being scared, uncomfortable, and still pushing forward. Um, it will be uncomfortable for your children sometimes when you start talking about this stuff. So we're talking about some tough subjects, and that's what you should come to expect from homeschooling in real life. But the question is, what sustains us in those moments when we're having tricky conversations with our kids or when they bring something to the table that shakes us a little bit? What should our response be? And I tell you what, you know, we've had situations in our home that, you know, things were done. We didn't want to have Mm -hmm. done from our teenage kids and the relationship saved the day. That's right. We're going to get back to it again. Open honest relationships with our kids. Hey, along the way, we're going to talk about the gospel. We're going to talk about how living free in the gospel allows us to live transparent with those around us. So stick with us as we talk about the topic of transparent parenting. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And we are super excited to welcome you to episode number 47 of Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. Super excited? I think we say that every time. Well, we are because there (laughs) is someone in the studio with us tonight, and we're talking about transparent parenting and whether you should be completely honest with your kids. Ooh, it's a hot topic. That is. We're going to get to that later. But before we get started, um, let's... Tell everybody what we've been up to here at the Fletcher House. Yeah, well, it's spring break, which means absolutely nothing for me. Yeah, never <laughs> does for a parent, but our kids no. have been having a ton oh, of fun. Oh, they're having fun. No, actually, we went into the city yesterday, which, you know, for us is San Francisco. And um, I took the kids to a massive hands-on science, technology, sort of tinkering museum. Yeah, it's called yeah. Exploratorium. And right. If you, if you come out to the city, which is how it's referred to. Yep. You need to uh, take a look there because it's perfect for homeschoolers. They would really like it. It's amazing. And actually, the thing is that they moved it. Now it's down on what's called the Embarcadero, and you can see the Bay Bridge, and it's beautiful. But it's massively huge. There's so much stuff there that I even heard two adult men who were kind of walking through, and one of them said, this place is absolutely overwhelming. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not just me. 
Yeah. So, so super great. Super cool. And you know what? Since we were on last time, we actually went to the city together. We, we told our listeners we were going to go yeah. hear a live podcast. We kind of go there yeah, so we heard the the guys uh, Josh and Chuck from Stuff You Should Know live at mm-hmm. um, at the Palace of the Fine Arts Theater. It was a mm-hmm. great, great location. Um, we got killer parking. Do you want to tell people now? Oh no, I don't want to tell The big story. You want to tell about Golden no, Boy? No, because we drove because straight you up. You can get right a parking in. place. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I don't even have an analogy for how you can get a parking. Yeah, place. so we d- we drove straight up, straight in, had a great time. Yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah, so right in. and if and if you're if you're listening to this, if you're homeschoolers and you haven't checked out stuff, you should know it's a great podcast for homeschoolers. I love it. I love Anything it so much. stand out to you from going and watching people podcast? Um, it really is just two microphones and two guys. Yeah, and a table uh, and a table and it and well they. They had whiskey. Yeah, uh, they did. They did have whiskey. We're, we're not drinking whiskey, but boy, if there's one thing we should put into our podcasting, shakes. maybe it's shakes. Yeah, I was going to say Thursday night margaritas. Um, so we we did that. Let's see. There was something else I wanted to share. Oh, we got some great feedback. And I mentioned this. I want to read this one on the air. Is that okay? Yeah. So this review comes into iTunes from a reviewer named Home Occupied. That's our username, Home Occupied. And the title of the review is Homeschooling IRL. Five stars. So, woohoo. Thanks for the five stars. (laughs) And let me pause for a second. If you have not gone to iTunes and sent a review for us, remember, I don't care what we're ranked on iTunes, but more people will find our podcast if you just go do a five-star review and if you would just talk say something like i love this podcast or or leave whatever you want to leave um we're encouraging the five because that makes sense but if you want to leave any kind of review remember the more people that review our podcast the more it gets out on the itunes store and um more families will find this and i know a lot of people love the fact that we're real and we share it like it is so please go do that for us so anyway back to this review from home occupied I've been reading Kendra at Preschoolers in Peace for about eight years, and I've been blessed by her ministry. This podcast is a wonderful extension of her heart for helping homeschoolers using the wisdom of Christ. She and Fletch earned my five-star rating when they used the term homeschool whack job. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, we've all known and been that one from from one time or another. Keep up the fun and great information, Kendra, information, Kendra and Fletch. So I, you know, I thought we lost this one when I saw that in the quotes, kind of in the review. I'm like, oh, yeah. this somebody's not sticking around. <laughs> but I did let that slip a couple episodes ago, you and did. I do just want to say thanks for acknowledging it because, um, you know, we we've all been homeschool whack jobs and. Yeah. I actually saw um, somebody in my Facebook feed today who was homeschooled herself and is now homeschooling her children post an article up that was somewhere, BuzzFeed or something, HuffPost, Washington Post, I don't know, on homeschoolers. And she said, as if we're not weird enough. So <laughs> I think, you know, this is a healthy acknowledgement that we just, most of us have chosen something really odd. <laughs> yeah. So um, thank you very much for those reviews, and thanks for acknowledging what we're doing here. And even when we we do goofy stuff, we like to have fun. We like to be real, and uh, we like to we love to pick at homeschooling when we see crazy behavior. Mm-hmm. So we'll continue to do that. I may not use the term whack. Yes, I'm going to continue to use that term. And we can, can continue to use it because that is from whence we came. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
So native, native whack yeah, <laughs> jobs. That's right. <laughs> is there anything else we need to talk about before we get started with our show? I don't think so. I think is that enough fluff? I, I think, think so. Should, yeah, yeah. the fluff time is over. Hey, <laughs> let's uh, let's do a quick commercial, and then when we get back, we'll get to introduce this hidden voice we have off microphone. Okay, sounds great. Hey, hurlers, we wanted to draw your attention to a recent review up on the blog at homeschoolingirl.com. This is the Adventurous Mailbox, and I'm telling you, my kids loved this. It's an adventure curriculum on geography and culture for kids ages 8 to 12. They'll get a set of books that are fun and exciting and set in different places around the world. They get a personalized letter that sets them on an adventure online and in those books, and they come away excited about the places they're learning about. The Adventurous Mailbox is not a sponsor for us this month, but we just wanted you to know about them because we think this is a great product. Check them out at homeschoolingirl.com. Be sure it's true when you say I love you. It's a sin to tell a lie. We are back in the studio and just brimming with joy. <laughs> Because Kendra said I couldn't say super excited (laughs) to be in the studio here. And we have a great guest to talk about transparent parenting. Uh, This is Chris Oneth. He's the dad of four. He is a homeschooling dad, uh, a former public high school teacher, and a marriage and family therapist. So, Chris, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life. Thank you so much, Kendra. Thank you for having me. When you said great guy, I was looking around. Yeah. I didn't see anyone else. There's no so one else in this room. The three of us in this room. <laughs> hey, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about, I did the, the short intro. Tell us a little bit about you and where you are right now in life and how you got here. Gosh, um, where do I begin? Well, um, like I said, uh, I, I taught public high school for about eight years. I taught the greatest subject in the world, history and government. Uh-huh. Uh, while I was teaching, I really enjoyed talking about life and kind of some of the deeper things. I would have kids end up coming to my room and asking me about this and that, and I would give these kind of side lectures uh, about life and character and what it is to be a man. And, of course, they always loved it because it was off subject matter. (laughs) Uh, But for a long time, I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't know if I can give this out out this much energy when I'm 55, 60-something years old toward the end of retirement. So I went back to grad school, and I got my master's in counseling. And I have been uh, working counseling now two and a half, uh, coming on three years. And I've been blessed to not only work on a community end of counseling, but also private practice at Downey Park Counseling Associates under a great mentor, Wes Ferguson. So, um, And before we kind of get into the discussion, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family? Yes, I uh, have been married to Melanie for 22 years. Um, I really she, wish she was here tonight. She's We need a fourth microphone. She she's outstanding. outstanding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and what about the kids? Oh, the kids. Uh, I have a 21-year-old daughter. She'll be 21 in very close next couple months. And I have a 19-year-old son and a 16-year-old son and a 14-year-old son. All right. Well, we are glad you're here. And we're going to get into this conversation about transparent parenting. So uh, we, uh, we asked you to come talk on this subject um, because of one main thing. 
we think you, like us, value transparency. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and we've seen it. Um, a little backstory here. We needed a story to enter this. Um, we have had paths cross um, multiple times with our children. Yes, yes, because we, we had one of our young sons uh, dating uh, Chris's only daughter. Yes, for a, a short window of time there. So when it comes to transparency, we've had to be transparent. <laughs> that was a great crucible, by the way. That was <laughs> our kids Which, forced yeah. it out of oh, us. Yeah, that's right. They were. <laughs> Baptism yeah. by fire. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and then that same son and your oldest son are bosom buddies. Yes, dear friends. Yep. Absolutely. And then and now then. Our, <laughs> our third son and your second son are Absolutely, yes. Yeah, they're actually right outside the studio. <laughs> the hair crew. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yes, they both look like Jesus currently. <laughs> I told them on Easter morning they both needed to show up and with robes on at church. Yes. That would have been great. And, and my understanding is their current plan is to fix up Rivers RV and then travel the country after high school. So, I'm, oh wow, yeah. quick to the idiot mobile. Always sounds, <laughs> yes, exactly. Always, always sounds like a good idea. <laughs> those two plan something. Um, uh, all right, so we're talking transparent parenting, Kenj. Um, you know, what are we really getting at with this topic? Well, I think a couple of things, and we're going to hit them. But um, the first one being, I think it's scary for a lot of us to be transparent with our kids. Um, and I think that's what we're getting at. But I think we're also getting at the fact that we now know with several adult children in our home, well, not in our home, but in our family and teenagers, several teenagers also, uh, that transparency really builds um, a foundation of a relationship that you want with your kids. So this is why we want to talk about this, because we really want to encourage our listeners who have younger kids and are kind of coming up that way. Mm-hmm. Um, those of you listeners who are have teenagers and young adults, we've had a lot of people ask us to, to talk about these subjects that hit the teen years and mm-hmm. the young adult years, and I think this is key. Yeah, and we've been spending the last 46 episodes talking about being honest it just being real. Right. You know, let's be real. Where where does homeschooling suck? You know, where right. is it good? Where is it bad? Where have we been horribly hope shifting and where right. have we missed the gospel and run to religion to solve our problems? So let's pose this question to you, Chris. Um what what is it in and, and we're gonna pick on homeschoolers because okay, they're my favorite it. targets. <laughs> what is it that leads them to not be transparent with their kids? What do you see as you know, the kind of the background, the cause, or, you know, why do they suddenly freeze up when they think about being honest? <laughs> that That's a good question. And I think, um, you know, as we know, there's all different types of homeschoolers. Um, but we also acknowledge that there's a general kind of view on the way they are seen. And we acknowledge ourselves our wackiness, quote unquote. And so there tends to be a personality type that is associated with homeschoolers. Um, Obviously, we don't totally agree with the way the public school system does things. We are concerned about the type of education. We are concerned about the exposure to certain things. Um, And it would be interesting to note just in a personal survey of people you ask, what are their reasons for homeschooling? And I think you would get a lot of the flavor of what they're potentially guarding against. Mm -hmm. So then as homeschoolers that are kind of pulling away and and maybe wanting to do things differently, mm-hmm. they they've made a bunch of choices. They're educating their kids a different way, and you would think this is like, well, we don't like what they're doing, so we're mm-hmm. going to do it better, quicker, mm-hmm. faster, better, yes. um, more thorough. 
And boy, kids, we really want you to learn. We want you to ask the tough questions when it comes to the Civil War and when it comes to World War I and when it comes to math and how do all these things work out. Mm -hmm. But when the questions then turn to dad and mom, (laughs) because homeschooling isn't just education. We're teaching them character. We're teaching them. Absolutely. Well, as Christians, we're teaching them spiritually. And Mm so we're teaching them how to have great relationships. And suddenly they turn around and ask us, well, what about you? Mm-hmm. And what were you like when you were a teenager? <laughs> what keeps us from being honest? Well, that's at that point, I usually fake a heart attack. <laughs> and uh, uh, no, but I, I think you're absolutely right. So there is a type of, um, there is an exertion of who we are um, based on what we think is safe. And us attacking the world, quote unquote attacking, uh, is safe for us. But then when we feel the heat turned on us, that's where we get afraid, very afraid. Um, as a therapist, one of the things I work on with people is what I call running into the burning building. Because so many of the way people deal with their problems is they say the building is over there and it's burning because of my issues are so intense. So I'm going to run the opposite direction and, and pretend to ignore it or pretend mm-hmm. it's not there or just move on with life. What I tell them to do is I'm going to help you go into this building. We're going to put out this fire and it's going to be really scary and really fearful. And you're going to have to deal with a lot of this stuff that you're trying to get away from, but it is the best way. And so turning that back to parenting and homeschooling, gosh, there's some stuff that we've done that I've done that is painful for me. Yeah. And it's very hard to talk about with my kids. Um, but I try to do so based on the stage in their life. Yeah. If, if they're young and they've stole something, well, then I might relate a story of, man, you know, I, I wanted this thing when I was a kid and I took it and I felt a lot of shame and I got caught and this is what happened. And I would have felt so much better when I earned it, when I eventually did earn it. And man, that's just honoring to God as well. Um, when it gets to the deeper questions, yeah, and so let's let's pause for a second and talk about maybe what the deeper questions are. Um, what are those that we're deathly afraid our kids will ask us? Did you sleep with someone before you got married? Yeah, I mean That's we're obviously we're we're teaching them proper uh, relationship skills, mm-hmm. and just like we all know, teens want to know that line. You know, mm-hmm. can I hold hands? Can I kiss? Yeah. Can we touch? Can we touch up? Can we touch down? Can we do, you know, whatever? <laughs> no, no, <Yeah>. and no. <laughs> so, but then obviously they want to know, well, how far did you and dad go? Yeah. You know, did, right. did you, you know, it may not be did you sleep together, but it may mm-hmm. be the whole litany of things prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do drugs? Did you drink? Did Every you... one of our children has asked me if I smoked weed. I'm not sure what it is. What's well, a popular, about it's me. the. Yeah, and really, between the two of us, it's the way you look. Who who wears more of the tie-dye and listens to more Bob Marley? It's not like Fletch isn't trying. They they ask the woman who majored like in opera. Right, I did. So those music kind of hippie Exactly. Anyhow, so those are the the gist that we're getting at. And before we talk about maybe where Chris was going to go, let's Mm -hmm. talk about the fact that we may not want to answer our kids because we may not want to face this a ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the second thing is we may not have even talked about this with our spouse yet. That is so true. So what do you think about that, Chris? I think it uh, very much has uh, to do with not fully processing it, dealing with it, 
and forgiving um, ourselves, mm-hmm. being able to accept the forgiveness that Christ gives us, and um, by that overwhelming joy of forgiveness, um, do as Christ has called us to and go and sin no more. Um, that is the motivation to not sin, not to be better than or to stay away from the bad stuff. It is to ultimately worship Christ and live a life fulfilled. So when you said that that forgiveness is our motivator, can you mm-hmm. sort of elaborate on that? Um, yeah. You know, when the topic of whatever our past is comes up, we usually get this feeling, especially when it's around our kids, and we are trying hard to protect them from the onslaught of the world. Um when those issues come up, we get that angst inside of us. We get uh, what my um, what my mentor calls a whoosh <laughs> inside of us, and so our reaction is to um, you know thinking of the Monty Python film to run away, run away, and run, away. <laughs> run away. Yeah, exactly. And so we run away by changing the subject, by mm-hmm. not answering, mm-hmm. um, by saying, "Well, we don't talk about that stuff." Um, if I had my choice and the way I would like it to go all the time is I would be able to protect my kids from the false sexuality of the world, Mm -hmm. but also explain to them the beautiful sexuality that God has for us. Uh, One time when I was a a teacher, I uh, taught seniors and we had a guest speaker come to the school and he was huge. He was a bench press champion. He ripped phone books in half and then he proceeded to tell the kids why not to have sex because there was a young lady he knew that got a venereal disease from sex and died. Wow. Did they use the term venereal disease? What uh, were you teaching? 1968? <laughs> <laughs> I will not disclose anymore. Uh, and, and the kids came back to the classroom and uh, I was one of those teachers that did talk about life and real things. And I asked them what they thought, and they said, you know, it was entertaining, but he didn't tell us anything about him. Hmm. He told us stories about other things, and and I said, well, let me tell you about me, and let me tell you about sex. I said, hmm. first of all, sex is awesome. Yep. Uh, That's perfect for high school kids. High school seniors <laughs> are like, they you were, got me. They okay. were immediately hooked, exactly. <laughs> keep, uh-huh, the, keep going. Oh, yes, exactly, I said. <laughs> but it finds it, its ultimate joy and pleasure within a protected context. And if we don't honor that and understand that, then we will build up for ourselves years of heartache and pain to the point where when it comes for time for us to marry that certain someone special, everything single time we acted in sexually inappropriate behavior and thought that was a conquest, we will regret every single decision when it comes to that certain someone special. And that is a pain that you cannot get rid of. And, um, you know, and I would always ask them, what's worse, uh, emotional pain or physical pain? And even kids at that age knew that emotional pain was much worse. Hmm. So um, Chris or Kendra, if either one of you want to jump in here, but what what's the process of kind of dealing with that shame? You know, we're bringing shame to the table and our kids are bringing questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do we... Deal with our end of the equation first. Um, well, um, as a therapist, um, I deal a lot with shame uh, in some of my clients. And usually uh, the shame promotes and fuels a certain language in our hearts and our heads. 
and so um, and in a sense, it, it's it's almost a, a paradox and a tragedy at the same time. Um, we keep the shame alive because it confirms what we believe about ourselves. Hmm. I am worthless. I'm a sinner. I, I have done this horrible thing. And if people knew then I would, I would never be free. And that's what keeps, um, that's what keeps personal pain alive. It keeps addiction alive, pornography and otherwise, uh, it keeps abuse alive and, um, yeah, it's, it's destruction. The way out of it, is confession. Mm. And, and even secular psychology knows that. Um, but of course the word of God has stated that from its inception. Um, I always like to say that the, the Bible is the greatest book on psychology ever written. It's just that secular psychology has started to figure stuff out and used secular terms. Um, but for a parent who's struggling with that and, and, and trying to process that, maybe that's a conversation with the spouse first, mm-hmm. the closest friend. Yeah, because I think sometimes they haven't absolutely had that conversation. Absolutely. Mm. And, and gosh, the, the very thing we are afraid to do, that is put out the fire, is the thing that we exactly need to do. Mm. So where does the gospel come into that? For our listeners, they hear us talk about the gospel every episode. Absolutely. And hope shifting. So I don't know. Can we work both those in right now? I'm sure we can work <laughs> both of them in. Um, you know, Coffee, you're, too. You're... We could work that in. It'd be a perfect episode. <laughs> wow. That's our, is that our hat trick? Well, that's, your, that's, that's what you're <laughs> known trick for, is Fletch. Coffee? Uh, no. I have a fourth. <laughs> There's a fourth uh, plank to my platform. Okay. It is. But somewhere we're going to somewhere <laughs> we're going to mention sex. Is that a <laughs> oh, it's like we, already, we we went down the Okay, path so we're, it is a perfect quad hat trick. So, um you know, this person dealing with the shame and, and mm-hmm. wanting to confess maybe to their spouse, um is it as simple as preaching the gospel to themselves or is it more than that? Uh or remembering the gospel, I don't know. Well, um if if you we look at our faith, our faith is practiced on uh on it just so happens um, in three areas. It's by the Word of God, um, by prayer and introspection, um, and by community. Uh, and so it is very important for us to be grounded in the Word. It's very important for us to be involved in prayer and that that ear that can hear the Holy Spirit and also involved in, in others' lives and have them involved in our lives. And that right there takes transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that is the beginning of, of what counselors like to call resiliency. Our first community is our home. And our first smallest relationship, of course, is our spouse. And so, yes, it's frightening. Um, if there are relational issues in your marriage that you are afraid of, um, counseling might be the answer. Mm. Um Counseling can be either professional or it can be with another couple whom you see as mentors or, or those whom you trust. Um, but ultimately, uh, and, and, and a side note is, when we begin to practice in hiding ourselves, we strengthen that practice. In other words, whatever it is we do, we train ourselves to do. And we become so good at that we don't realize we're doing it. Um, and things are falling apart around us. 
and we don't have that closeness with our kids and we wake up one day and we say, how did I get this far? Not seeing our own blind spots. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I can't, I can't emphasize enough how important transparency is. Hey, this is John Wilkerson from The Wired Homeschool over at thewiredhomeschool.com. You're listening to Fletch and Kendra on homeschooling in real life. So I think transparency is really scary for a lot of people. Amen. Yeah. And so what, you know, what is it that we can stand to gain by being transparent with our spouse, with our children? I think, I think most of us understand that, you know, that transparency in marriage is only going to is only going to grow things in a positive mm-hmm. direction or maybe not. I mean, maybe that's the fear. The fear is, sure. Oh no, they'll leave me or, oh, yeah. you know, or whatever, have, lose respect for me. But what do we stand to gain by, by being just open and honest with our kids? I think you establish a relationship, um, from the time, uh, they're young and there's open and obviously you know, a five-year-old's not going to say, hey, have you been smoking weed lately? Or right. do you used to smoke weed? Do you hit the bong? No. If they ask that question, <laughs> we have issues with the five-year-old, really. <laughs> um, what is the, that child watching on PBS? Yeah, yeah. The, the, um, some, it builds from smaller issues to bigger issues, obviously. And, you know, as a young child, they may not have the wherewithal or the savvy to ask this, mom and dad, did you steal when it's a five-year-old issue? stealing a pack of gum or lying or they may not say, ask, did you lie? Did you steal? Have you ever done this? But I think by offering up yourself and Mm -hmm. saying, okay, this is why it's wrong. Here's a situation when I was your age and this is what happened to me. Here's maybe another situation where I did tell the truth and boy, man, was I, did that really strengthen my relationship with parents or whatever, or even if you come from a broken home growing up, you can say, I have seen destruction. I have seen pain mm-hmm. and it is important that we not go there because I've been down there. Let me explain what it is and what it looks like. So as those kids grow older, you know, the pot, the pot asking question, the sex asking question, that's a f- adolescent question. That's a 15 year old question. That's mm-hmm. not a five year old question. Uh, and so when that relationship is established and they say that, oh, that's one of those, you know, I always call it the scene in Indiana Jones when he steps off into the abyss oh, right. yeah. and Great he scene. steps down <laughs> yeah. and there's a walkway there for him. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's like that. And, and, you know, by trying to hide all this stuff, you're going to get results from that. Mm. And it may be the results you want for a short time, but it may also not hold up at all Mm. by being honest, open, transparent. And I would say in degrees, obviously your 10 year old asks, uh, he hears about, uh, some sexual activity from an older kid. You're not going to lay down the line and say, Oh, I've, you know, done this and this and this obviously (laughs) in good measure. Right. Um, but your openness and transparency is also going to yield benefits. Um, and I think you'd be surprised uh, that even some of the fears you have or the consequences you think are going to be there are really a um, 
a what if scenario that you've invented in your head that really is fueling your anxiety about the whole situation. I really like this scaled approach because I was thinking about why is it so easy for us when a kid gets out of bed when they're not supposed to, Mm -hmm. there's a bedtime, Mm -hmm. get in bed, don't get out of bed. And then the kid does and you go and tuck them back in and they're crying and maybe there was some sort of discipline or some sort of corporal punishment of some sort and they're crying there. And in order to ease them in their sorrow and in their guilt and in their shame, Hmm. you say, you know, when mommy or daddy was a little boy, I used to sneak out of bed too. And I used to get disciplined too. You know, like that is so easy to do, right? Mm -hmm. With a four or five year old. But then later, but then later when your teenager, Mm. um, gets brought home in the middle of the night by the sheriff, (laughs) (laughs) we wouldn't know anything about that. (laughs) You know, Wow. That's a knowing laugh. Studio (laughs) falls apart. (laughs) But you know, we might have to tell that story. Yeah. So you you can't. Yeah. You can't suddenly say, "Oh, you know, when I was a teenager, and I was brought home by the sheriff, and maybe you weren't, but but I was not. (laughs) But it's so funny to me. I just make up stuff, and then yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, it just seems so funny to me that the the smaller things like. It's almost like those are the acceptable sins. Yeah. Mm. And the ones We're that, okay with that. We'll we offer that. say are unacceptable. Mm. So it, it teaches us something about how maybe we're viewing disobedience or, mm, or whatever. You know, we have this, well, it's okay to get away with these little things, but these bigger things, you know, mm. we hold in such, such a... Well, and I think that's even, even topic for conversation. If you are dealing with a lot of pain from some of your past things, you know, that's something to say... I did this thing and I am still hurting still. And let's have that conversation. And, and there's a lesson yeah, right absolutely. there. Out of that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, you know, we've had situations in our home that, you know, things were done. We didn't want to mm-hmm. have done from our teenage kids and the relationship saved the day mm-hmm. because ultimately when they're out and about, um, you know, you're not going to put uh, a shock collar on them. You're not going to oh, go out and I've drive around and it. look for them. Um, <laughs> all that you're not going to lock them in a room. Um, obviously, they're going to have some sort of autonomy, and so the the real foundation to that is that close relationship. And it's, you know, sin takes us away from Christ. So by that definition, we don't want to mess around or play around with it. But even though we sin, Christ continues to pursue us. And what we have to be careful to express to our children is that even though they will sin, and it's not if, it's when, we are still pursuing them, and so is Christ. All right, so um, let's look maybe at what the risks are. I know, Kendra, you were saying before we went live that you were concerned about one aspect of being completely transparent with your kids. Yeah, I think always the fear for me in in being transparent about my past or, you know, choices I made. I was a liar as a kid, you know, into my teen and, and young adult mm. years and some things like that was that it would sort of give my kids license and make them feel like, well, mom turned out okay or well, mom got over it, you know, without them understanding that there were serious ramifications mm. of that. You know, there was lost trust. There were, yeah. you know, whatever else the, any, you know, our sin always has consequences. It always affects us and others around us. Um, but if they don't see that part of it, but they only know 
that I did those things and then now I don't. Yeah. You know, totally, I think totally. that's a... And I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, without that extended conversation, they, when, when behaving becomes for behaving sake, mm. that is, that does fuel a, well, gosh, you know, the license and this and the other thing. Um, I think it's important because each sin that we partake in, particular to us, has deeper levels and issues. So, um, a lying sin will have to do with acceptance mm -hmm. and feeling adequate enough and good enough. And that is a great conversation to have with your kids because you can say, here's what I struggle with them. Here's what I, here's how it manifests itself today. Um, we have sins kind of particular to our personality and that type of thing. So and I was apparently a liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's interesting that now I don't want to get therapeutic on you, but even nope. that no. label. No, no, no. Let's get therapeutic. Let's even that minutes. label you use is like a to. voice that you, you know, might still hear echoes of in your head. Liar. So. <laughs> liar. Um, so, you know, if I'm, if I'm listening to what everybody's saying here, just changing gears for a second. We talk a lot about the gospel, and we talk a lot about mm -hmm. living real in the gospel, just in your life, mm -hmm. like living a confessional life. And Absolutely. you mentioned, you know, you have the Word of God, you have prayer, and then you have community. Yes. And, you know, a lot of times people will run into that community, and suddenly they're just a pain in the neck to be around, because they're just wanting to, hey, you know, uh, this is where I'm, you know, I just got to confess some sin to you again. You're like, they're just uh -huh. over and over just living... Uh, the is indulgence of saying? confession. Yeah. Are we saying like, okay, get done listening to this podcast, take it out of your ears, run to your kids and tell them your your entire social <laughs> malady history. I don't think that's what we're saying. Well, and I also might overwhelm them. That's, and, 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 and that's kind of what I – that's that whole thing of like let's give them enough baggage they can hand on to yeah, right exactly. now. Yeah, exactly. So I just, think it's absolutely contextual. And as issues come up. Obviously, you know, uh, I remember years ago listening to Dobson and he would say, you know, as kids ask about different aspects of sex, you know, you give them, you know, I went, <laughs> I, confession time here when my oldest son was seven and I still get flack from this from my wife. Uh, <laughs> when he was seven, he asked where babies come from and I didn't give him a simple, you know, from your mom. That was it. That's all he needed. I went on the whole thing, and he was shocked and stunned. Uh, but he, you know, took it well. I'm sure, <laughs> cried when I told my, uh, well, now 16 year old. But when I told him, uh, he, his very thoughtful kid, and he looked at me and he goes, "You mean you and mom did that four times?" <laughs> <laughs> yep. So as far mix. as you know. <laughs> And, and, and that, which reminds me of another aspect. Sometimes when you talk about this stuff, um, it will feel uncomfortable. There is space for in um, there is space for being scared, uncomfortable, and still pushing forward. Um, it will be uncomfortable for your children sometimes when you start talking about this stuff. Um, but I think the the willingness to step forward and say. This this is how we operate. Um, we'll yield long term benefits, and so when we talk about one of the risks of potentially giving our kids the license, does that outweigh the benefits that we get from being transparent? And that's that's a huge question. Hmm. So 
we're not encouraging people to jump in the deep end of the pool here if they've never been swimming. Exactly. Wade in a toe at a time. Yeah. And and start the conversations in a safe sense. Absolutely. You know, it, Absolutely. As long as you know you're going to get as long as you know you're gonna to run to the building. Yeah. Don't run up to the door and then throw a cup of water. <laughs> really you will go into that building and that's what we're encouraging people to do. Well and it's also a habit built over time because um, as I mentioned earlier, we teach ourselves how to behave every day continually. And if you've taught yourself to avoid and stay away from those topics, you're going to have to be really aware and mindful even to the point of maybe writing things down to have it in front of you to say, I want to start doing this. I want to start being open. I want to start sharing. Uh, And through both small conversations and great conversations, um, it it gets born, so to speak. So, Chris, thank you so much for spending time with us tonight talking about transparency. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I, I I've been encouraged in my own uh, parenting to to not fear. Mm-hmm. running into the birding building. So I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, we would love to have you back sometime. Oh, I'd love to be back. Thank yeah, you guys. Thanks for being on. It's a great time. All right, Kench, are you ready to wrap up the show? Let's do it. What do we have next week for our listeners? I don't know. We don't know. We actually don't know. <laughs> we actually have a, a, a fun show planned. We have an idea. We just need to get them on the telephone and record the conversation. Yes, because so, if they can, them, great. those people. There's two of them. I know. We're not going to tell you who they are. <laughs> it'll be fun. You have to come back next week and listen, and uh, it will be a really, really exciting episode. They're a fun couple. We, it'll we tell be them? super great. It'll be super <laughs> exciting. Can we say we had them on the show before? We can. Okay, so let's see if we can get them. Uh, we have a couple ways you can reach us. Um, if you haven't reached out to us yet on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. If you want to tweet to us. Twitter, we are at homeschool IRL. I have a lot of fun on uh, Twitter with our listeners. There's only a certain few that will tweet. I know. It's like homeschoolers love Facebook and they love Facebook. Inst- hey, I'm on Instagram. Oh. Yeah, I don't do I don't do all those other ones. I don't pin and post. You're on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest, but you're on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Do people poke anymore? Is that something they do anymore? They used to. You remember everybody's like Chris, do you poke? He's not on microphone. We t- <laughs> oh, we removed his microphone. He oh, can't I'm sorry. even you, you can hear him in the background. Oh, okay. But um yeah, we so we can you can reach us on um Instagram on, on Instagram. You can reach us on Twitter. On Facebook, you can email us, info at homeschoolingirl.com. You know, we've never mentioned this, but we're on Google Plus for all of you There's Google a employees. reason. We, yeah, for, the, for the for those three of you that are on Google Plus, we're there too. <laughs> we are. I think we have like, I, I seriously, I was just checking this the other night. I think we have like 286 followers on Google Plus. So here's what we need though. This is, this is the truth. This is serious. Let's get serious. We need a coffee sponsor still. Mm-hmm. We're still looking for that. We need you to go over to iTunes and leave a review. We already mentioned that, but that that really helps this podcast get to other homeschoolers who are trapped in legalistic, rigid homeschooling so that we can say things that, A, offend them, and then, B, win them over to the gospel 
Um, yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. Um, great show next week. And then the week after that, we have a show in the works and it's homeschooling with special needs children. So yeah. we have a couple good things coming down the pike that we, we think you should be paying attention to. So reach out to us. If there's a show you want to hear, or if, if you have an idea, if you have anybody you think would like to sponsor our show uh, or something you'd like to hear, please let us know so we can uh, we can reach out to them and make a make contact. Anything else for tonight? No. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. This is Chris Onuth. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on the show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them on iTunes. 